Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dark Side of the Force. I am your host, Josh. And in this episode, we're going to be going over the latest episode of The Bad Batch, um, episode four, titled Cornered. Um, I will be discussing some spoilers from the episode, so I thought I would add that little disclaimer. Um, I haven't been on the previous podcast, but I thought I would on this one, just in case I have any listeners who um, are coming across my um, channel, but maybe haven't listened to the episode yet by chance, so I just thought I would throw that out there. So yeah, we'll be doing some uh, a quick re- uh, brief recap, not a too extensive one, of course, and then some takeaways, and then some uh, quick faults. So yes, let's get into it. So right away, the biggest takeaway from this episode is, of course, it is the first appearance in the show for uh, Fennec Shand, the same um, character from the Mandalorian, and who is also going to be appearing in the Book of Boba Fett. So she's obviously a big name in Star Wars right now, so naturally I feel like um, Lucasfilm wants to be getting her out there as much as possible um, that they can. So this was her first episode in the Bad Batch series, and um, first takeaway from it is that she did not disappoint. I mean, we know already from the Mandalorian that she's obviously a character not to mess with, um, but this show, I feel like, did her justice. At one point, it was maybe a little bit too much justice, but I mean, you know, it is Fennec Shand. And one thing, me personally, that I appreciate in um, stuff like this is whenever they make sure that the villains are not pushovers. Uh, my own personal taste is I don't really care whenever um, villainous characters are easily defeated all the time or they just don't pose that much of a frick because then I feel like that takes a lot of the suspense out of whatever it is that you're watching or playing, if it's a video game, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but essentially, you know, in the episode, um, back to the episode, um, Hunter and the gang, um, they discover that their ship... Um, is a wanted ship, so they need, or tech needs to scramble their signal or adjust it to where, you know, they won't be so easily detected. So they um, go to this planet, um, I believe it's pronounced uh, Pantora, and I'm pretty sure the writers of the show were wanting to do either a tribute or a parody to the Avatar movie because it's similar to Pandora, so it's Pantora. And if you actually notice in some of the segments where they're in the streets, the people or the native race of the planet, you know, they're actually blue and they have like yellow like markings on their face. So I think it was pretty clear that they wanted to do like a little reference tribute thing to the Avatar um, science fiction movie. So, you know, that that's kind of neat that they did that. Um, but of course, um, when they land their ship, the Hainer guard or the guy who runs the Hainer, um, they end up bribing him so that he won't, you know, report in their ship. But what he actually does is he tips off Finnick about them being there because um, he knows that Finnick is looking for Omega. Um, so, basically, Omega ends up getting separated from Hunter and Echo while they're in the city um, shopping for supplies. And she then runs into Finnick, who's there, and Finnick... Um, sells herself to Omega as being, you know, this this friendly face who just wants to help her get back to her friends. And while they're together, you know, she kind of, 
you know, puts the whole negative influence thing on Omega. Um, she sees her, you know, stealing basically, and then holding on to a blaster, which she justifies, you know, as the galaxy's a dangerous place and that she has to protect herself. So whether those will be imprints on Omega's personality or not, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but given how the episode uh, unfolds, I don't really think Omega's going to be seeing Finnick as somebody to look up to or admire. Um, so, but we'll have to wait and see, you know, as the series goes on, um, if they run into Finnick again, which seems to be what's being foreshadowed at the end of the episode, that I would say that, you know, it is a pretty safe bet she will show up again. And if it's going to be just, you know, a kind of a, cat and mouse thing where she's just chasing them around the galaxy or if there's actually going to be a situation where maybe they have to work together or maybe something like that happens you know then then the whole dynamic between her and omega can get a lot more interesting um, but we'll just have to wait and see you know it's still early you know who knows how they'll handle that whole dynamic as the show goes on but um so hunter ends up um getting omega back from Finnick, and I want to point out that before um, he ultimately rescues her, um, Wrecker tries to intervene and stop Finnick from getting to Omega. And um, Finnick, you know, the pun intended, she wrecks Wrecker and literally like beats him in like one throw up against the wall. So she makes short work of him, which was that was kind of what I was getting to earlier when I said. Um, how they did her justice and maybe a little too much justice. Cause I mean, Wrecker, you know, he's this huge, strong guy. You know, we've seen him in previous episodes, take out multiple clones at one at once, like in one swift action. And then with the same, you know, swift action, Finnick takes him out. So it was a little, maybe a little overkill on making Finnick, um, an opposing and intimidating character. I mean, we know she's not nobody to mess around with, but it might have been more believable if she had beaten Wrecker and maybe a few more actions rather than just making him look like a total pushover. Uh, but, you know, whatever. That tends to be how pretty much all, um, whether it be a movie, a comic book, um, you'll just notice these trends that whenever a brand new villain gets introduced, they usually um, take out the heroes rather easily. Um, like you look at... Um, a Justice League comic, for example, um, a lot of times if they introduce a brand new villain, they can like take on the whole Justice League and usually beat them pretty, you know, convincingly to some extent. But then later on, um, or if they're ever a reoccurring villain, then all of a sudden the Justice League, you know, can hold their own against them pretty easily, or they defeat them without too much, you know, fuss. So that, that's kind of just how things are with comic books and movies and TV shows is a brand new villain usually um, is a bit OP at first just to, you know, hype up the audience that, yes, they're a serious threat. Um, and then as it kind of goes on, then they kind of get more, you know, less OP, I guess, to just put it uh, simple. But um, back to where I was talking about earlier. So, yes, um, Hunter rescues Omega from Finnick. Um, I mean, that's basically this episode in a nutshell. Um, they go into town. Omega gets separated. Um, she bumps into Finnick. Um, Hunter 
tries to get Omega away from Fennec. Fennec at that point is the cat's out of the bag. She's not going to give up Omega. And then the chase, you know, ensues. And ultimately, um, Hunter helps Omega escape from Phoenix's uh, grasp. And there are some other um, subplots like uh, Tech, you know, fixing the ship. And then um, Echo ends up being sold um, to the shop owner as a droid. Um, he doesn't know that Echo is a droid due to his whole outfit. Um, and then Echo uses the droids in the back of the shop to um, help repair their ship in time so that they can escape. Um so, some people would call this episode filler. I feel like it was a pretty decent episode. I mean, I also want to see more world building. I want to see more of the galaxy um, trans transitioning to um, the age of the Empire. Um, we do see a little bit of, of world building. The the citizens of Pantora are celebrating almost like a parade style thing of some clone troopers walking through the street. Um, they're celebrating the end of the Clone Wars. Um, and we do get a comment from, I believe, Hunter, you know, telling Omega that, you know, the war being over being a good thing basically depends on, you know, you know, which side you're on. Um, I believe was was the phrase he used something similar to that. And then that got me thinking in the episode that I would like to maybe see them visit a separatist world during this series. I think that that should happen because it's not something that I initially wanted to happen in this show. But after hearing that comment, it did dawn on me that, yeah, that's something I, th I think we should get to experience. Because, you know, I would like to just see, you know, what's going on with these separatist worlds. Are they kind of being given just the, you know maybe sanctions, the slap on the wrist type of thing. Like, okay, you guys lost the war, but, you know, losing the war is pretty much punishment enough. You know, welcome back to the Republic. Or are we going to see something more sinister from the Empire where maybe their population is being heavily oppressed or enslaved possibly to some extent, depending on what type of planet it is. Um, and we already see um, from the Rebels show that everything didn't end well for the Geonosians. Um, on Geonosis, so I mean, we already know that they had a pretty dark fate, but it would be interesting to see how some of the other Separatist worlds fared at the end of the war and how they're managing with everything, so that being said, I do hope that we do get to see more of of, of that, as well as just, you know, more world building in general, um, but I do feel like at this core, it basically was just... Um, Phoenix Shand, um, you know, her whole episode, you know, pretty much it was all about Finnick, you know, she's the real deal, she's legit, she's dangerous, and at the end of the episode, which is maybe one of the more interesting points of it, um, we find out, of course, that Finnick is talking to the person who is wanting Omega, and we don't know who it is at this point yet, but it, it lets us know that, for one, you know, they're not seeing the last of Finnick, that she's likely going to appear again in the show trying to get Omega. And we know that, oh, that somebody is after her. And I would say right now my top guess as to who has the bounty on wanting Omega back is probably Nala Say. I mean, she knows that Omega escaped. Um... It would make sense that she would want her back. It seems like, you know, it, it's kind of weird. They're not really panicking that 
Omega is gone from Camino, but at the same time, you know, it's not like, oh, whatever, you know, she was just my assistant, you know. If she comes back, she does. If she doesn't, she doesn't. I do think that they definitely do want her back uh, on Camino. I mean, it's possible that she could be the phase three of the clone troopers because we know from previously that Django Fett's DNA is dwindling. So, I mean, we do know that eventually, um, you know, they do face out the clones and they just use recruits as stormtroopers. But, I mean, imagine if Tarkin walks through the door and tells um, Lama Sue and Nala Say and all of them, like, you guys win. The Emperor wants to sign on an extension to your guys' contract and keep producing more clones for the foreseeable future. You know, imagine if he said that. Well, if Jango Fett's DNA is dwindling, how exactly are you going to keep producing clones for the foreseeable future? So, right now, I feel like, rather than Omega maybe being like a early stage Palpatine clone or something like that. I'm actually liking the idea that maybe she is the next phase of the clone trooper, or maybe she is going to be like what they ultimately replace the Jango Fett model with and go with her. Um, and I think that with Omega, they'd want to go with maybe somebody who, I mean, obviously she can handle a blaster, as we saw in the first episode with how she shot the sniper out of uh, Crosshair's hands. But maybe just an all-around person who's maybe, you know, also good at healing people. Um, and we, for all we know, she may end up also being Force-sensitive. Which, I'm not a fan of cloning Force-sensitives myself. Um, even though I have a lot of problems with the Force Unleashed video games, one thing I did appreciate from them is they kind of established the lore that you can't clone a Jedi or that if you do clone Force sensitives, you know, they're highly like defective, um, you know, with mental problems and un they're unstable, that type of stuff. So, and I, I do think you need to have that established in lore because if you make it to where, oh, anybody can just clone a Force sensitive. Um, then you're kind of setting it up to, well, why don't we just get somebody who makes an army of force sensitives and puts inhibitor chips in them so that they'll obey them. And then basically you have like an army of, yeah, an army of force sensitives that just used to take over to the galaxy with, because instead of having a thousand stormtroopers, having a hundred force sensitives with lightsabers, you know, you would get a lot more done with that. Um, of course, you would still need to have infantry-type people like stormtroopers, not saying that they would be completely obsolete, but, I mean, as far as a, a deadly force, naturally, the more force-sensitives force you have at your disposal, um, the more effective you're going to be than just recruits with blasters. But, all in all, I do think it was a good episode, um... Like I said, Finnick did not disappoint. I'm eager to see the dynamic, if there is a dynamic between her and Omega, how maybe that unfolds as well as when she'll encounter them again. I hope it's not for not a few episodes because um, I just think it'd be too soon if she just pops up again and maybe not the next episode, but the episode after. I think that might be too soon. Um, but I hope we don't have to wait too long because she definitely is an interesting character. Um 
Another possibility as to who she's talking with is instead of it being uh, Nala Say, it could maybe even be Boba Fett. Now, Boba Fett would still be pretty young at this time period, but it would kind of establish a relationship between her and Boba even before the Mandalorian. And I never really thought of Finnick working with Boba prior to the Mandalorian, but I mean, if it's done in a good way, I wouldn't be against it. Um, one thing that is cool about Finnick and Boba's relationship is it is kind of similar to, you know, like father, like son, Jango's relationship with Zam we sail. Um, you know, of course, that relationship ended with Jango, you know, killing Zam in Attack of the Clones so that she wouldn't um, rat him out. So I hope that Finnick doesn't end up dying in Boba's hands or anything like that. That would kind of suck. So I hope that that doesn't happen. Um, because, I mean, I like Zam's character. Um, not many people probably, or I don't know about many, um, but there is the Star Wars Bounty Hunter video game that came out for um, the GameCube and the PlayStation 2. And, you know, in that game, it was meant to be basically how Shango became the template for the clone troopers in Attack of the Clones. You know, how he meets Dooku and Dooku, you know, hires him for that, how that happens. Um, it is, it's a good game. I do recommend, um, you play it if you haven't. I believe if you have a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 5, I think you can get the remastered for, well, not really remastered. Let me correct myself on that. Cause it's not like a completely, you know, improved game. It's just pretty much been upscaled a little bit. So the graphics are a little bit better. Um, but that's about it. Controls are... A little, or the, I mean, the controls in the game are dated, and the boss fights are dated. You know, a lot of a lot of the game is dated, and you can tell when you play it. But I would say, if if you're a you know a big Star Wars fan, as in the sense that you play a lot of video games, and if I mean, if you love you know Boba Fett, Jango Fett, then I would say that right there is enough to justify playing the game. Because all in all, it it is like I said, you know, it's it's dated as far as graphics, combat level all that stuff i mean it's dated but it is still a sweet game i mean you can still enjoy it if you're big enough into star wars or boba Django, um you know that's sort of thing and also it i mean it introduces how he meets zam and you know to me that that was pretty cool um and I mean, I like Finnick too. So I hope that Boba and Finnick's relationship ends on better terms than how Django and Zam ultimately did. I mean, I'd like to have more content with those two working together, um, Zam and Django. But I guess we're going to get most of that with Boba and Finnick in the book of Boba Fett. I'm, I'm very excited for that series. I think it's going to be sweet. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have for in today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed listening, and I will catch you next time.